Greetings, people loved by God, and welcome to worship on this, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends worshiping online or on the radio, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org. You will find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab and options for giving your offering to the Lord under the gift tab. I have a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship. As many of you are aware, Elsie Meyer died in the Lord this past July. The memorial service for Elsie has been scheduled for Saturday, September 16th at 12 noon with visitation starting at 11 a.m. that same day. The visitation and service will take place at Hutchinson's Mortuary in Florissant on Graham Road. Again, that's Saturday, September 16th. Visitation at 11, memorial service at 12 noon. On Sunday, October 22nd at 4 p.m., our director of music, Ryan Meyer, will lead us in the hymn sing at festival. And you will have the opportunity to pick the hymns we hear and sing. You should have received a submission form when you came today. Mark down your top three choices and turn them into Ryan or the collection box in the Northex by September 24th. The Mary Martha Guild will be taking pre-orders for the mixing fixings now through Sunday, September 24th. You can visit Crocus Bookstore to see a list of mix and fixings that are available and place your order. Pre-orders will be available for pickup at the end of October. Our Elder of the Week is Rich Langfeld, who is standing in the back. Rich will be greeting you at the door as you leave worship. Get to know him as one of your elders at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessing to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of the Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Gracious Heavenly Father, we confess that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. We have denied our faults to you, to our neighbors, and even to ourselves. We have wandered away from your will and rule, and have often taken your blessings for granted. For Jesus' sake, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us Bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. 
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Redeemer, in our weakness we have failed to be your messengers of forgiveness in the world and in your church. Renew our concern for each other and our commitment to proclaim your reign of love. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from the 33rd chapter of Ezekiel. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the 13th chapter of Romans. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servant, who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he, loves his fellow, he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandment, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, 
you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands and two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
grace, mercy, and peace from our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the proclamation of the word is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He then called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Growing up in school, our teachers told us that there were no dumb questions. I'm not really sure I agree with this sentiment. And in today's gospel reading, I'm sure that the disciples asked a dumb question to their Lord and Savior. But before we start throwing stones from our glass house in America, who is the greatest is something we really get behind because that's our culture. We all question who's the greatest in any given category. Who's the greatest baseball player of all times? Who is football's greatest of all times quarterback? Who's the greatest of all times at Chapel of the Cross? Just kidding. And I hope no one thought of any names. But this is the question that the disciples asked Jesus when the kingdom of God comes, which one of them would be the greatest of all times in the new kingdom of God? So let's think about some of the patriarchs and heroes of the Bible. Abraham, the father of the nation, promised descendants as great as the stars in the sky and sand on the beach. But Abraham was not perfect. Instead of waiting for God to provide him with the child he promised, he slept with his wife's handmaiden to produce a child that they would later abandon. He let the ruler of Egypt take his wife as a concubine because he was afraid of the ruler. Indeed, he can't be the greatest. But what about David, Israel's greatest king? There's no doubt about that. But David was an adulterer and a murderer. He definitely can't be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. As for the disciples, they still don't understand the true mission of their Lord and Savior. Yet they still want to know who will be the greatest among them when their Savior brings the kingdom to come. To answer the disciples, Jesus called a child forth and told them that unless they become like a child, they would not enter the kingdom of heaven. But what does our Lord and Savior mean when he says, become like a child? Well, first, let's take a look at the culture of how we view children in the United States. We place a high value on children, perhaps higher than any human group in our country. In our culture, we believe that children are our future. In fact, there's a pop song called The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, which tells us 
about how we should bring our children up and how they will be the future for us. Think of all the money Americans spend on sports activities for their children. The amount we spend on college pre-entrance exams. From pre-kindergarten to trying to teach our children to read before they can even walk. We want our children to be the very best they can be in life. Because in America, being the best is a goal in life for us and our children. I've met people that have gone so far as to want to be rich so their children won't have to work at all. Many of these habits occur because far too many parents try to live vicariously through their children to achieve the things in life that they didn't achieve. And when they succeed, we succeed. In Palestine, at the time of Jesus, it was a little bit different story for children. Children helped if they could, but they did not have a place in society per se. But what Jesus meant about children is that they're helpless. They need someone to take care of them until they can take care of themselves. Children are powerless. They had no say in government, the tabernacle, or even their own homes. Children understand that they need an adult to take care of them. A child separated from their parents will cry and fear that they'll never see their parents again. And they won't be comforted and consoled until they're back with their parents. And unfortunately, as children grow up, they become more independent, eventually able to take care of themselves. And then they don't need anyone anymore to help them. Or do they? Jesus was trying to explain that greatness was not the most important thing for his disciples. And it's a theme that he will have to return to with his disciples on more than one occasion. Just as he explained to Peter, when Peter did not want Jesus crucified, that Peter needed to stop thinking about the world in terms of man and instead focus on what the Father wants for his creation and his children. The disciples needed to change their mindset that instead of trying to be the greatest of all times, they should be like children and understand that they need help. They can't provide for themselves what is truly necessary for salvation. And more importantly, they should protect and comfort those who cannot care for themselves. And Jesus is not just talking about literal children in which he is instructing his disciples to take care of. Now, remember when I asked who was the greatest of all times at Chapel of the Cross? Well, let's revisit that question and ask this one. Who do we consider to be the most helpless and need help? Everybody raise their hand. Because again, no names come to mind, but this is what our Lord and Savior was talking about when he said children. Those who are powerless, the persecuted, the poor, the marginalized. They have no voices, and they believe their life is hopeless. These are also the children that Jesus is referring to when he says that unless you act like a child, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. 
Because if you're the greatest of all times, you don't need any help. You're a self-made man or woman, capable of caring for yourself in this cruel world. But what your heart desires most when you think this highly of yourself? You want more glory, more accolades for yourself, so that people will remember you when you're gone, that you are a great person, one of the greatest of all times. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that many of you already know. What's the acronym for the greatest of all times? GOAT. All that work you put in to be great puts you in the same category as any other sinner who puts themselves first. In fact, it wasn't long after this lesson that Jesus again had to explain to his disciples that being number one is not the most important. In chapter 20, the labors of the field, being first is not always the best. The kingdom of God is not a contest to be won by the swiftest or the strongest, because to enter the kingdom of God, we must humble ourselves and acknowledge that we cannot enter the kingdom of God by our own means. We have nothing to offer God that will offset both our sinful nature and the actual sins we commit. And it doesn't matter what we've done and where we think we're ranked. Our works are not good enough to enter the kingdom of God. We need help from the person who has earned the greatest title in the kingdom of God. The most significant person in the kingdom of heaven would never boast about that title when he was here on earth. However, he did give indications of who he was. I am the way, the truth, and the light. Son of God and son of man. When we think of our works in terms of greatness and feel like we're doing such great works that God can't help but notice what we're doing here on earth. We're missing the message of our Lord and Savior. And I'm not talking about the false modesty of saying, I'm lower than dirt, so people will raise you up by saying, oh, no, you're not. I'm not refer I am referring to what our Lord and Savior told his disciples, understanding that just as children need their parents, we need our Lord and Savior, the Good Shepherd. Our Lord and Savior left his throne in heaven on his Father's command to come to earth and be a human and suffer all the indignities of being flesh on earth. Jesus humbled himself to die a criminal's death as an innocent man. Jesus suffered the separation from his Father on the cross as he bore the sins of all mankind. He did this not for his glory, but so that his father's creation could be saved from sin so that when the time was right for his father, he would send his son and he would return to judge this world, separating the sheep from the goats. And we're all goats, just not the greatest of all time. We're all goats, but we're made sheep by the blood of the lamb when we humbly, as children, recognize that we are helpless without our Savior. 
And for those whom Christ described as needing help, we welcome them to worship with us. And we're to treat them as they are part of the body of Christ that they are. In his epistle, James warns the church about pandering to the rich and excluding the poor. Because as Americans, we can sometimes be guilty of ignoring the marginalized and preference for those who are influent and famous. But our Lord and Savior wants us to tend to those who need our help most, and not just in terms of earthly needs, but in spiritual needs as well. Our Lord and Savior healed the sick. He fed the hungry. And then he fed them with the bread of the word of God so that they would never be hungry again. Our Lord and Savior continues to work today through us. He reminds us that we are to remember that we are children that need his love and grace so we can live with him forever. That we should not strive for greatness, but for service to others. And by showing the love of God to the world, by reaching out to others with the love of Christ that he bestowed on us in grace by his death and resurrection. And in doing this, we won't have to worry about being goats because we will be the sheep in his kingdom forever. Now may the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true faith of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please rise as we confess our true faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life for the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, receive our prayer for your whole church. Continue to inspire us with the spirit of truth and unity in your word 
Grant that all who confess your holy name live in godly love and be one in mission and in joy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, it is your will that all people might come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Inspire our witness to him and open hearts that are hardened by sin and the devil, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant your blessing, protection, and guidance to those in the authority of government in our country, and wisdom and strength to know and to do your will. Direct the hearts of all rulers throughout the world that justice and peace may prevail everywhere. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, merciful Father, a very present help in time of trouble. As the people of Morocco are suffering through the aftermath of that disastrous earthquake, we ask that you not let the hearts of your people despair, but that you sustain and comfort them. Heal the injured, console the bereaved and afflicted, protect the innocent and helpless, and deliver any who are still in danger. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Look upon this congregation with your mercy, Lord. Comfort and help those struggling with sin, those who have strayed from your grace, those whose faith is weak, and all those who are in any trouble, sorrow, or sickness. We remember today especially those who are ill, injured, or hospitalized, or those who are recovering from surgery, including B. Doherty, Donna Stewart, and Sherry Briley as she has surgery tomorrow. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, surround those who mourn the death of loved ones, that they may hold firmly to your sure peace and comfort. We especially remember the family and loved ones of Frank Lehner Jr., who died in the Lord this past week. And we ask that you comfort them in the promise of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Please stand for the offertory. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give you thanks and praise. It is truly good right that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who promised that Wherever two or three come together in his name, there he is with them to shepherd his flock until he comes again in glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their chorus. Glorious song.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us always to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
Please stand as you were able. Now may this eating and drinking of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, body and blood, keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift and implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing 
our recession hymn.